in my edition, it's the fifth halacha. We talked about before how there's a prohibition to offer sacrifice outside the temple. And certain things you get, get hit with the punishment, and certain things you don't get hit with the punishment. It's all forbidden. The only question is, hit with the isarkaris or not. Let's say a person just burns an entire animal as a burnt offering. Really? So he's he's high of why? Because there are a marine there. That could have been a marine are the entrails. The entrails of the sacrifice are what's burned on the altar. Because that had been burnt, that would have been burned on the actual altar in the temple. So burning a, an animal on a backyard altar, your own private altar outside the temple, will also give you an Israel. And even though he didn't separate the entrails, man, Peterson going crazy, keeps losing internet and reconnecting, okay? You can't say that the meat of this Zevach, which is not supposed to be burnt, or ideally if it had been a Korban, this would have been eaten by the Kohanim, by the people, right? So it's getting in the way of the entrails of this animal being burned on the altar, where you're doing it, outside the temple. So you don't say that. It's as though the entrails, you know, forbidden fats and everything, are being burned on the altar on their own. It's as though they've been cut out and put onto the fire. You do this, you offer this animal on your own uh, backyard altar, hit with the prohibition. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think it does make sense. Let's say a person were to burn a meal offering on his own altar, and he didn't do kibitza to it. Pater. Why? Because the komets is what's supposed to be burned on the altar in the temple. If it was in the temple, the komets, is, that's just a handful of flour. But the komets, in order to exist, has to have been actually taken and separated. In this case, Shayna Komets Baru Mudal. When he burns the meal offering as it is on his own altar, the Komets is still in there. It hasn't been, I guess, differentiated. Kim okay. uh, but if he did do this to his meal offering outside the temple, he, he took out the handful of flour that's supposed to be burned on the altar. And then somehow the Komets made its way back into the rest of the meal offering. It fell back in. And then he burned this entire meal offering outside on his altar. Outside the temple, it is Kayot. Now he'd be hit with the you know with the penalty for offering uh, sacrifice outside. Okay, Kayot sake, Lahabulel. This is the the seventh or the sixth halach according to whichever edition you have. Yotzeik means a person who pours the oil onto the meal offering. Habulel is the person who mixes the flour and the oil. Hapotate. That's the person who takes the baked offering and then breaks it up into pieces. Patoto pitim. They would bake. Let's say uh, a rakik is like a, a flatbread, soft, spongy flatbread. They bake it, they fold it over and bake it into pieces. You see the pictures? So, hamoleach means a person who salts the offering. Was every single offering burnt on the, in the altar in the temple had to be, well, had to be burned, had to be salted. Okay, I don't know what to do with this notification. It keeps popping up. Laminif, a person who waves the offering. was. Meal offerings were waived. The ceremony. He officially brings it to the Kohen. Here. Here's the meal offering. Okay. The person who sets the table. What are we talking about? The only table in the temple was the Shulchan, which had the showbread on it. Okay. The Rambam says, It isn't like everybody else says. Everybody says, means prepare the, the wicks and the oil for lighting. The Rambam says, the actual lighting. Vakomet. Vakomets. A person who takes out the comets for the meal offering. 
someone who receives the blood from slaughter. Bachutz, and all these were done outside the temple, patur. Every one of these services was done in the temple. So if a person does it outside the temple in his own backyard altar, he would not be punished, even though it's forbidden. Why? Isn't, aren't these all essential parts of the temple service? And the answer is, Every one of these acts is not a final act. It's not a complete act. For example, Metiv the Neiroth, then you have to, I guess, there's a thing that they do when they light it. Actually, I want to look up something here. I made a chart here that explains it. Um, yeah, why isn't the luck of Neiroth's Hihat of Yeah. So why is it not the final act? I don't know. I knew this before and I forgot why. It says, uh, it has to be a, a final act. We saw this in B.S. Mikdash, by the way. The coin's only hit, you know, when the coin balmum, right? He has to do a final act. So the final act is not receiving the blood. What's the what's the final act? Applying the blood, right, to the altar or spilling the blood. So all these things, the comets taking out the, the handful of flour has to be followed with putting that handful of flour into a vessel and putting that onto the fire. So all these are, are followed by something. It's not the ultimate act you do with it. When you do all these things that says at the beginning with the meal offering, the last thing you do is burn it or eat it. Oh, right? So none of these are final. Ma ha'alaya shehi gemara Just like actually burning the sacrifice on the altar, that's it. That's the ultimate final act, letting it burn. Af koshu gemara So too, anything that's gemara like slaughtering. Once you slaughter the animal, it's dead. Right. No, but salting isn't not salting is just a prerequisite for burning. No, slaughtering is not because slaughtering is its own thing. That's why it's you don't even need a coin for it. Okay. Okay. Next, uh Paraduma. The what the the red heifer. Is that a Corbin, by the way? It's called the Khatas in one place, but it has nothing to do with sacrifice, right? And but tell you that it's not done in the temple. There's no there's no yeah, so it's not it's not a temple sacrifice. Okay. Paraduma Shisrafa Let's say burn the paraduma outside of its place, wherever it's supposed to it's supposed to be on, like I said, Mount of Olives, but they didn't, I don't know, on uh, the other side, the north side, Mount Scopus. Like we said before, the scapegoat that's supposed to go to Azazel, and it's already been confessed upon. Okay, so it's after Agrella, after confession, even according to the Ravad, this would be the case. He, he slaughters this guy as an offering outside the temple. Patur, also exempt. Why? When it, when it talks about the prohibition, it talks about that this sacrifice had not been brought to the temple like it's supposed to, to the, open, to the entrance of the tent of meeting. If you're dealing with something that, that's not fit to be brought to the Olmoed as a sacrifice, so there's no uh, punishment for offering it as sacrifice elsewhere. So the Paraduma is not to be brought to the Azara and sacrificed. It's meant to be outside the temple and processed into ashes. So you can use it for sprinkling. And the scapegoat's meant to be thrown off a cliff. So it's not meant as a sacrifice. So if a person were to, you know, I guess, you know, uh, j jump the Ishiti, you know, hijack his goat and run, you know, you know I guess he, he tackles him, steals the goat and makes a getaway and then brings it to his own altar on Yom Kippur and slaughters it there, he wouldn't be hit with the Chiyuv Hares because 
he slaughtered as sacrifice something that's not fit for sacrifice. Okay. Let's say they've been disqualified. They get, became disqualified when they were in the temple courtyard in the Kodesh already. If he takes those and makes them into sacrifice outside of the temple, now he's hit with an obligation. Let's give an example. Sacrifice that was left over. It had been fully, almost fully processed, but just they, they forgot to burn on the altar. They left the, the, the limbs lying around the temple courtyard. Or they instead of the Kohanim marching up to the altar with the pieces of this animal, they marched out the door. Second, they move it outside the Azara. It's been disqualified. Got to me, or got contaminated. Okay, Somehow or other, a bird was flying around the temple courtyard and dropped a dead mouse. Okay, Contaminating things. Dead lizard. Or it was disqualified by the wrong thoughts of the Kohen. Yeah, we're going to see those soon. The Kohen has thoughts of Pigul in his mind. So he disqualifies the korban. Shekula nisrafin. All these sacrifices are to be taken out of the temple. They suddenly they disqualified in the temple, so they're to be burnt. The Moshit If he took any of these and offered them outside the temple, Chayav. Why? Shnemar Says to make these for God. or You have in your printed edition naaseh with a present tense. No, it should be naaseh with a kamat. Everything that was done for Hashem, Chayvi in love, Ve'elu na'asu la'ashem, and these were done, see? Na'asu is past tense, <coughs> not na'asim, present tense. So, yeah, I'm surprised that Makbili and Korain got the Nikud wrong on this on this sin over here. It should be kamats. In the nifal, uh, normally, the difference between nifal, uh, masculine, singular, is uh, usually in the third person, the past tense, is just the comments are patah, like the word nishmar. Nishmar means it's being watched with the comments. But if it's a patah, it's nishmar. It was watched. Or take another thing. Oh, uh, another example. Uh, nishbar. It was broken. With a comments, it means present tense. It's being broken right now. And shavur is an adjective. It's not a verb. And nishbar, with a patah, means it was broken. Okay? So comments is present tense. Patah is past tense. When the last letter of the short is an aleph, like nimtza or nivra, there's no difference between the past tense or the present tense. They're both with a kumitz. You can't have a patah there. When the last letter is a hey, the difference is kumitz is past tense and segol is present tense. Like near a and near a. So in Hebrew, they say lo near ali. They say it like a kumitz. No, that means it didn't seem to me. You're saying it doesn't seem right now. You say it should lo near a. If you mean it doesn't look like that right now, it's near a. And na'aseh is a present tense. Na'asa is the past tense. So it's kind of funny. When hey is the last letter of Shoresh, comets means past. When it's any other letter except for Aleph, comets means uh, present tense. And there's another exception to this. In all those cases where you have a patach, like nishbar, nishmar, past tense, if it's the end of a sentence, it becomes a comets also. And then you're stuck. Is it present tense or past tense now? The patach gets upgraded. Okay. So the point is, anything that had been made to God, so now you uh, can't do, can't uh, burn it bachutz. This points out, by the way, we've seen uh, the wars of Isurim Isbeach. Isurim Isbeach, the halachas that we saw at the beginning of this book, those are talking about things that cannot be brought to the temple, period. They're disqualified. Isurim Isbeach are things, things that not should be brought to the temple. Which we're going to get to next are things that you could have brought to the temple, but they became disqualified in the temple. 
like the Rambam just said here. That's why the Rambam divides it. So you're wondering, wow, I was thinking about all the different things that I can't sacrifice, right? So some are at the beginning of the book, the Rambam calls them Yisurim Mizbeach. The other ones he calls them Tule What's the difference? These are forbidden L'Chathila. And these became disqualified. They had been qualified, but something happens to them in the temple, so now they're not. Okay, good. Now that we understand that. Anything for which we would be held accountable for burning it as a sacrifice outside the temple. All you have to do is burn a kazayas. That's the threshold of prohibition. That's when you're hit with the prohibition. Less than the kazayas, it's like all achila, by the way, is also a kazayas, right? To fulfill one's obligation to eat something or to get hit with a punishment for eating something wrong, what's the threshold usually? Kazayas, right? Whether he offered the entire sacrifice completely, properly in the temple, and he left over one kazayas of it, which he burned outside the temple. Still hit. Or whether he left all of it within within the temple, like he was supposed to. Or he grabbed a piece of it and brought it outside. In the first case, he burned everything and saved a kazayas. In this case, he's going to burn the sacrifice where he's supposed to, but he took off a kazayas of it and put it outside. That's a problem. If that thing that was supposed to be brought uh, in the temple, uh, it's just missing a mashu, okay? just a little bit. And if it's just a, he, he uh, burned whatever was left, like that little bit that was missing, bachutz, so he'll be exempt from uh, any punishment. He'll get, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll be saved. Okay. So in this case, chasar means he didn't do it himself. Chasar means somehow a piece was missing. Okay. I don't know. They, they lost it. Got cut off somewhere. Who knows? I don't know. Just it disappeared. They say here. Okay, I don't know how that would have happened, but somehow or other. Chasar means he didn't do it. It means the sacrifice somehow is missing a piece. Okay. This is the 11th or 9th halakha, according to whichever count. Uh, he says, uh, let's give an example. Let's say you have a kometz, or the frankincense from the, from the meal offering, or the entrails, or any burnt offering. It means uh, a kohen's mincha, kohen's meal offering. They don't do a kmitzah to it. They don't take off just a kometz and burn it and eat the rest. The entire thing is burnt. And the libations, those are entirely, no one drinks libations ever. Libations are entirely poured on the altar. Somehow some of it's missing. And uh, let's say it's a log. Remember, uh, there's a minimal uh, volume of a nesach. There's no such thing as a nesach less than a certain amount. So if that somehow that, some of that wine spilled out of the bottles, now that nesach is chaser. So if he takes that bottle out of the temple and uses it as an, as an offering, where he shouldn't, he won't be hit with the penalty. Why? Make it a korban. For the thing that's whole, he's hit with a penalty. He's not penalized for that which is deficient. Let's say he took the bottle of wine, full measure of a nesech, he took it out of the temple, and then somehow he, some of it spilled outside the temple. And then he poured it as a libation. This is a suffix. Doubt 
should he be punished? So therefore, we will not give him lashes for such a thing. But wouldn't the lashes save him from the Suffolk Kharis? The answer is, if you're Suffolk Kharis, you don't need lashes to save you from it. God doesn't give you Suffolk Kharis. Okay? Let's say he burned a limb of an animal that didn't even have a kazais of meat on it. But the bone certainly compensates for that. He'll be hit with an obligation. He'll be hit with a punishment for burning this outside the temple. Because it's all connected. Okay, the kazais is complete. Let's say he's going to burn something that's technically less than a kazais, but he he salts it like he's supposed to salt the sacrifice. He's doing it outside the temple, and the, the salt made up for the missing volume. Okay, doubt we're, we we don't know if he's to be punished, so we will not punish him. The burnt offering and its entrails, and there's no difference between the meat of the burnt offering because it's burned anyways, and its entrails, they always add up to the size also. Next. Uh, where are we? So he burned this offering outside the temple, and then he burned it some more. Okay, Instead of, normally, what would they do when they did a burnt offering outside the temple? They chop up the animal, and they put all the pieces on the pyre, the pile of wood outside. But let's say he did it slowly. One piece. Another piece. Another piece. The Ramah says, learn to give tzedakah. I train kids to give tzedakah. To get used to it. Yeah. Okay. Every act. Okay. Every single limb. Okay. Every toe. Well, actually, no. Burnt offerings can't have toes. Right? There's no such thing as a burnt offering that has toes. Right not? It says split hooves. Basically, just has two hooves. Zarak v'hela, chayav shtayim. Birds have you know you don't you don't dismember the the only thing you do they they split the the bird offering. Remember? Well, yeah, I know, but you're not supposed to take it apart into pieces. Zarak v'hela chayav shtayim. Let's say he he throws the blood and he burns the offering. So it's two acts, two acts of sacrifice. Okay. The Pasuk made a difference between ma'aleh, means the actual burning, and the oseh. Now, normally our criticism also, let's talk a little diktok here. In modern Hebrew, unfortunately, they picked this up from Yiddish, which also infected English. Why? Yiddish is its own language, right? Well, borrows a lot of from Hebrew. So, uh, in English we say, make aliyah. There's no verb. It's like make is the verb, aliyah. That's an ascension, means to immigrate to Israel. So it's to immigrate, not make aliyah. So that became in Hebrew, instead of la'alot la'aretz, what do they say? La'asot aliyah. And that's the other criticism. So they say, uh, they uh, they want to daven. Instead of lit palel, what do they say? La'asot mincha. Instead of laundering clothing, lechabes, what do they say? La'asot kavisa. You have other examples? Everything's la'asot. That's the only verb left. Make, do. Okay? Like in Yiddish and in English. But in in all fairness, this does have a precedent in these halachas. It says la'asot korban. Make a sacrifice. La'asot oto. So that's the verb that God used. That verb is generally used to describe a, a number of acts, sacrificial acts, starting with slaughter, catching the blood, throwing the blood, right? And then there's the actually burning the sacrifice. So that's the one ma'aleh. Okay? 
is a fancy word. Why do they say you don't elevate a sacrifice? It means to you know burn the sacrifice, make it go up in smoke. So it says Asher Ya Le It says in the verse, the person who would make a burnt offering, Venemar La Sototo, okay, to make the sacrifice. So there's a distinction between the verbs. So that's what the Rambam says. You could have Zrika, that's a form of what's called Fonder Asiya, make the Korban. And Hela means he elevated the sacrifice, he actually burned it. So those are covered. One is Zrika is covered by Asiya, and the Hela elevating is covered in the Ya'ale Ola. Okay? So two different verbs used in the Torah. So these two actions are covered by two different verbs, so it's two separate prohibitions with two separate liabilities. If he burnt a limb that's actually missing, the proper shear, so also he's not he's not hit with the punishment. So he's obligated for that which is whole. And he concludes here, Two people do it at the same time. Let's hold on to this limb of the animal, burn it together. Okay, we're still obligated. Any man, that's the expression every man. Could have said kolish, or it just says isha The fact that it said double, you know, it's in any expression meaning any. The fact that it didn't have to say that, so it teaches you that if they do it together, they're here with the prohibition. Unlike, let's say, for example, Shabbos. What do two people do a malacha that only required one person to do on Shabbos? So that, technically speaking, they don't hit with the, they're not hit with the punishment for violating Shabbos. So that's if one does half the work here. We're doing half the work. They're, they're both picking it up and they're both putting it in the fire. They're not, there's not one picking up any of the other and then one putting them up. Neither are we talking about on Shabbos. We're talking about people carrying something together into the Rosh Hashanah, right? Yeah. So there's a the the apparently the rivet had a bad gears of of, uh, of the Rambam here. You read the rivet, you see that oh he must have he says that there's something wrong with this, and they point out yes the rivet had a bad version of the Rambam, and he corrects the Rambam to say what the Rambam is actually saying. And we'll close with this. Uh, Our Gemaras. Don't seem to fit with the Rambam's writing here. He must have a mistake here. No, the Rambam fits the Gemara's. You just have a bad version of the Rambam. Of all, Girsa Shalanu in Zvachim says, Even Rabbi Kiva says he should be with two. Zarak and Hela. Why? Because two different acts. Okay? There's two verbs. Shamtale and Shamtase. You did one, one act that counts as doing or making the Korban, and one of actually elevating it. Hit twice. Even Rabbi Kiva agrees with this thing. Well, the Rambam agrees also. Okay? If a person were to slaughter and then throw the blood, one person does it, that's one That's one prohibition. Why? Because slaughtering and throwing the blood are both covered under Asiya. Okay? But the person wouldn't actually be whipped twice. Well, sometimes a person would get whipped twice. Yeah. Two sets. Yeah, but then the Omed would be, the estimation would be that, oh, we can only take, you know, 20 of each, but still, it's two separate acts. But I thought if, uh, if someone is kind of like several different things, they only, they only, they only give them the most severe ones. Kim Lei Rabbi, yeah, these are two equal prohibitions. So in the case of equal ones, like given... He's given both punishments because he's going to get hit with Charis twice. So he needs two acts of, of 
lashes to save him from what he got. So either way, the, the Rivet's pointing out that certain acts that we can dis- differentiate between, let's say, slaughtering the animal, catching the blood, throwing the blood, those are all considered asiyah. So doing, let's say, even all three of those, one prohibition. But then the act of burning the, uh, the limbs of the animal on the altar, that's a separate verb altogether. And for that, he's hit with a totally separate prohibition. Okay, we'll stop here because it's getting late. Should have to go home and everybody's calling me. And uh, we pray, once again, see the destruction of Israel's enemies. Shalom, Nitzachon. See rebuilding of the temple. It's within our reach. We could actually accomplish this if we would just try. Have a good one. Shabbat Shalom. Invite the rabbi for a speaking engagement. Please email us at office at machonchilo.org.